Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. Alright, I am back and I'm Dr. Roto. I'm full with Full-Time Fantasy Sports. And I'm here for another hour with you from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Talking fantasy football this hour. A lot of news, a lot of notes, things to uh, go over with you. Have a guest, Pete Davidson from Rotobon. Talk to him in uh, my next segment. Pete's a very good fantasy football player. Been doing it for a very long time. So uh, looking forward to our conversation. So let's see. Some fantasy news and notes. Some things I want to talk about here. Firstly... Dante Moncrief, the slam dunk number two receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a good piece of news. I would agree with that. So right now, this is about the time during the year where we get news and notes that some are outrageous, some are sketchy, and some make sense. The the Athletics Mark Kaboli or Kaboli, Writes that Dante Moncrief looks like a slam dunk number two. Sure. He should get about 60, 70 catches. Six, seven touchdowns. Maybe eight, 900 yards. I like it. I'm with you on that. All right? But then he says, the spit black backfield thing, not really going to happen. Connor's going to be the number one guy. So we have to determine from the information that we're given, Right? What, what to believe and what not to believe. So, for example, there's an Indianapolis beat writer who says that Mo Ali Cox is going to have a breakout season. Stephen Holder says a breakout season for Colts number three tight end Mo Ali Cox. So let's put this into perspective just for a quick second. You've got Marlon Mack, Niam Hines, T.Y. Hilton, Devin Funches, Paris Campbell, Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle, and you're telling me that Mo Ali Cox is having a breakout season? I tell you you're an idiot. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys, eight, and Funches, eight guys ahead of you on the depth chart. Seriously? Come on. Give me a good nugget of information. Not a bad nugget of information. Not a poop nugget. That's a poop nugget to me. Do you know when Mo Alley Cox has some value? If Eric Ebron or Jack Doyle's injured, then maybe, just maybe, I might pay attention to that. Outside of that, I'm not interested. Come on. Give me some good info. Tell me something good. Right? So what we have to do right now is figure out the good intel 
from the bad intel. Because there's plenty of crap going on. By the way, Packers signed Michael Roberts, who was just cut. By the way, he was injured, so the Patriots deal was nullified. The Lions are like, look, I want no part of this guy. He's out of there. Packers like, all right, we'll take you. We'll take him. We'll take him. I don't know how that, I don't know how Michael Roberts works there when you have Jimmy Graham, Jay Sternberger. Seriously, where does Michael Roberts play? I say nowhere. Josh McCown, by the way, will be going to ESPN. I like that. He's like the Tim Hasselbeck kind of guy. The journeyman quarterback who knows an awful lot. Hopefully McCown can be insightful. I like guys like Dilfer and Hasselbeck. I like guys who are insightful. Nothing worse than a boring guy who just like tells me stuff I already know. Right? So these are guys that I kind of look, look for. You know, because I think I, you can always learn something from the game. And I don't mind a guy telling me stories, especially McCown, because he's been on like every team in the NFL. That might be interesting. But he knows the game. He's a smart player. So I'm interested to learn. I can tell you this. Booger McFarlane teaches, has taught me nothing except saying to myself, how did this idiot get on TV? I ask myself that question all the time. This guy's terrible. What, what insight does he bring to the game? I want, some, I want you to either entertain me or give me insight. If you could do both, well, that's just a bonus. That's great. Right? Because either if you're not very, if you, you know, if you, there's no insight, at least be entertaining, be interesting. And if you're not going to be interesting, at least give me some stats that I can, fi- I can find useful. I may, I may have my eyes glazed over, but when I wake up, I'm like, all right, that was useful information. Right? I want you to start looking at it that way. So I, I mentioned yesterday that I was going to talk about a draft that I saw. And I want to go over this draft with you. So I tend to do these as we discuss now and then. So here's another draft. Barkley 1, McCaffrey 2, Kamara 3, Devontae Adams 4. It's the first draft I've ever seen where Devontae Adams went before Zeke Elliott. I don't like that at all. Zeke goes 5, Hopkins 6, Bro Mixon 7, Julio 8, Gordon 9, Thomas 10, David Johnson 11, Nick Chubb 12. If I'm 11 and I'm getting David Johnson, I'm pretty darn happy. I am. I'm pretty happy. Nick Chubb at 12 seems early to me. I still think because of Kareem Hunt, that's not the pick that I want to make. Because Kareem Hunt is too good not to play the second half of the year. You could tell me a hundred things, but don't tell me Kareem Hunt's not good enough to play. So round two was Lev Bell. So Chubb Bell, Johnson Beckham. I like that. Thomas Dalvin Cook. Oh, I like that. Gordon Kelsey, Julio James Connor. Shut the front door on that team. That's nice. Bro Mixon, Todd Gurley, Hopkins Evans, Elliot Juju, Adams Brown, Kamara, Leonard Fournette. That was pretty early. Not a bad pick, but an early pick. McCaffrey, Keenan Allen, Saquon, George Kittle. I would not have made that Kittle pick, and here's why. Amari Cooper, the guy takes. 
He could add A.J. Green. He could add Hilton. He could add Thielen. Wouldn't you want to be A.J. and Cooper instead of Kittle? Aren't we overrating Kittle just a little bit? You could add Hilton. You could add a piece of that Colts offense with their best receiver. Come on. Don't pass up T.Y. Hilton and take George Kittle. Just don't do it. You Actually, please do it so I can win. I got bills to pay. I got roto children to feed. I got, I got college to pay for. So please do that for my, for my sake. Only if I'm in a draft with you. If I'm not, don't do it. All right, round three. Cooper, AJ, Hilton, Marlon Mack, Devonta Freeman. I hate that pick. Adam Thielen, Zach Ertz. Ooh, that was late on Zach Ertz. Damian Williams, Derrick Henry, Stefan Diggs. Wow. Aaron Jones, Tyler Lockett. Seriously? Tyler Lockett? That's terrible. They don't pass. The guy's five foot nothing, and he could get killed at any time. I don't want Tyler Lockett as my number one. I'm, this may be. I'm going to read you this team. This team's receivers may be the worst I've ever heard. Their number one receiver, Team 12, Tyler Lockett. Their number two receiver, DK Metcalf. Number three, Trey Quan Smith. Number four, Debo Samuel. Thank God they paid their entry fee because this team is so not winning. Their running backs are Chubb, Lev, Bell, and Drake. Nothing wrong with that. But then what this team does is they have O.J. Howard and Vance McDonald. So instead of taking receivers, they take tight ends. That never works out well. That's never a good life decision. As good as you think O.J. Howard and Vance McDonald are, you're better off with a wide receiver. They took Deshaun Watson, too. I have no complaints about Deshaun Watson. I don't. I have complaints about that team. Tyler Lockett should not be your one. When you could have taken Kenny Galladay, you could have taken Carrion Johnson, you could have taken Josh Jacobs, you could have taken Julian Edelman. Any of those guys make sense. Tyler Lockett does not make sense. Nonsensical. Nonsensical. All right, let's take a look at the team there that this team that got Michael Thomas, this is team 10. Imagine sitting here in team 10. Here's your team. Michael Thomas, Dalvin Cook, Stefan Diggs, Kerryon Johnson, Tariq Cohen, Mike Williams, Will Fuller, Kareem Hunt, Jarek McKinnon, Deshaun Jackson, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo. Show me the money. That's great. So in the first nine rounds, Thomas, Diggs, Williams, Fuller, Deshaun, Cook, Johnson, Cohen, Hunt, McKinnon. First 10 rounds. Boom! That's how you draft. Kudos, my friend. I don't know who you are, but I know that's a really good draft pick. That's a really good draft board. It's good. Right? Now, here's a team that made a mistake. Now, I believe this is a best ball draft because I see a lot of teams have like three and four quarterbacks. This team started with Bro Mixon, then Gurley, then Ertz, then Edelman. Okay, I'm with you so far. I'm with that. I'm with that. Rashad Penny and Geis, 
Dante Pettis. Not terrible. Then he takes Miles Sanders. Then he goes Kiki Kuti, Miko Hardman, Robert Foster, Emmanuel Sanders, the aforementioned Dante Moncrief. His quarterbacks are Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, and Andy Dalton. Boom, you just lost. Seriously, you just lost. Why? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Did you really need Mecole Hardman when you could have had Matt Ryan or Drew Brees? Did you really need Robert Foster when you could have had Jared Goff? Do you see? You want Derek Carr, Matt Stafford, and Andy Dalton. But Dr. Roto, it's a best ball league. Yeah, but those guys suck. Get me one guy. Do you really need Nicole Hartman and Emmanuel Sanders and Robert Foster? How about just two of those guys? Be so much better off. See, people do crazy things at drafts. People literally do crazy things at drafts. And then they make mistakes and they're like, how come my team didn't win? Because you had this dumb draft. I don't know. Maybe it just comes easily to me. I just look at it and go, you're not winning. What's your, what's your, what's your argument? Matt Stafford, that team is a run-first team. How's that working for you? Andy Dalton's a train wreck with a new coach. How's that working for you? And Derek Carr, you saying to yourself, well, the Raiders will be behind by 20 in every game. He'll throw a lot. Did he do that last year? He really didn't. He really didn't do it as much as you think he did. Not that good. It's a terrible draft. Started out good, ended poorly. And then this guy got three kickers. All right, let me give you a piece of advice. You're in a best ball draft. I want two kickers and two defenses. That's it. Don't take three kickers. Don't take three defenses. Two and two. Like Chuck Willery and Love Connection. We'll be back in two and two. That's what I want to see. Two and two. Not three and two. This guy took Fairbain, Prater, and Gano. Thank you for your donation. Your team is losing. Here's another team. Let me. This is a great one here. Okay. I'm going to read you this team. Devontae Adams, Antonio Brown, Marlon Mack, Chris Godwin, Sammy Watkins, Lamar Miller, Aaron Rodgers. Royce Freeman, Anthony Miller, Devin Funches, Naim Hines, Phillip Rivers. Jamal Williams, Deshaun Hamilton, Alexander Madison, Mike Davis. What have you not heard yet? Tight end, by the way. The Jaguars, Justin Tucker. Oh, and this guy finally, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. In round 19, he goes, oh, I need some tight ends. Then he takes Cameron Brait, CJ Uzma, Will Disley, and Jesse James. How to screw up your team in two easy steps. Start taking tight ends in round 19. You didn't even take good ones. Braid I can get behind as your third guy. Uzma is terrible. Will Disley, seriously? And Jesse James? That's bad. It's bad drafting. Thanks for playing. You have a huge hole at a position. Monumental. Huge hole.
Can't work. So here I am going through this draft. I've already read you like three or four teams that have no chance of winning. If you are smart, if you pay attention to lineup construction, if you take good risk, I promise you I could put you in a position to win almost every league you're in. You may not win, but you'll be in a position to win, to compete. You may have an injury. Guys may have better pickups than you. All these things might happen, but at least we can get you in a position to be competitive because some people just are not putting themselves in that position at all, and that's a shame. And that's why you need to be listening to our show. That's why you need full-time fantasy in your life. That's why you need... I, I was talking to some guy recently, and he was talking about... He plays fantasy football. I go, are you on Twitter? No. Why not? Get on Twitter. Seriously. Get on Twitter. It's where you get a lot of information. I promise you it'll help you. You know what else I promise you? I promise you you're going to be back with Pete Davidson from rotobond.com right after this. your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. It's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and customer projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. We're, we're back. We're full-time fantasy. I'm Dr. Roto. I've got a special guest today, a guy I go way back with. How many years? Should we even tell them how many years, Pete? <laughs> um, do, we, do we actually know? No, no, I don't know. I was just going to come up with a number. But, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say 1993. <laughs> all right, we'll go with 93. His name is Pete Davidson, and you can find him at rotobond.com. 
Pete, what's going on, my friend? Uh, the grind, buddy. The grind. You know, it's. Uh, I'm actually starting to really. I mean, I, I don't know about you. I mean, I did like, you know, three and a half months of intense rookie therapy, um, and and now I'm finally like looking at my full board again, which is nice. So, you know, looking at redraft stuff, getting into best ball. It's it's nice to see the whole board again, and not just the rookies. Well, it's funny. I just finished my first best ball draft. I did a big industry one with Matthew Berry and Sigmund Bloom and Ratcliffe. Nice. And, yeah, and it was like 24 rounds, and now I feel like I'm up to speed because I'm drafting guys like your boy Blake Bell and Adam <laughs> Shaheen and guys I've never even thought about for the last eight months. But here I am in June worrying about taking Adam Shaheen. Oh gosh! Don't no! Don't say my boy Blake Bell. <laughs> that that article is an exercise in how I think more than you know making a prediction. Hey, you know me, man. I mean, I live in round eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. That's where I eat. So I got to know what I'm doing back there. Hey, if he comes out well, I'm giving you full credit. How about that? I, well, listen. The, the the Blake Bell setup is that we want to know what's the paradigm for guys who could break out. Right. So yeah, Blake Bell. The odds are low, very low, because Kelsey's going to eat up all the oxygen. But what if we had a scenario like last year where the big dog isn't available for a spell? You know, Blake Bell could could help you for three weeks if Kelsey wasn't in the lineup. So it's just identifying that type of talent. Like you and I both knew about Damian Williams before he actually started getting a big run. A lot of people right. didn't. It's important to know where those talented players are. That's all. Well, it's, it, it's funny with Damian Williams. Adam Gase loved him. He thought he was, he was one of his favorite players, and he refused mm-hmm. to take him out of his lineup. And, but I think when I look at a basketball draft, getting back to Bell, and I'm not saying Bell is good at all. He's not. But if mm-hmm. I had Travis Kelsey, and I'm in a 24-round draft, why wouldn't I take Bell with my 24th pick? If you were looking to backfill and fortify tight end and – that might be a way to do it, especially in a 24-round format. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I think and, – and, and it's funny you mention that because that's one of my core things in best ball is, I mean, yes, you have to aim for the top spot. Upside, very, very important with what you're doing. You almost have, a, almost have to have a little bit of a DFS mindset in baseball. But the other side of the coin is that we're, we're not working with pencil. We're working in ink. And when you put a guy in your team, he's locked in. You can't ever replace him. So you have to think about long-term viability, 16-week viability, redundancy. Those things do matter. And so a pick like a Kelsey pick could be a good move. You take a guy like Fournette early, and you have an open sort of idea at 18, like, hey, I could do anything with this spot, and, and a Ryquel Armstead is there. Absolutely, you do that kind of thing. Because, yeah, it's a sprint, but I don't know if you've ever had a, a best ball team that was like in first place in week eight, and then you, know, you had a couple things go wrong, and it gets passed by three or four teams. That stuff happens. So you want to build with both aspects in mind, gunning for that top spot, but also protecting your posterior, if you will. I may, put, I may make myself a dinosaur with this comment. I don't love <laughs> best ball, Pete. I find no? like I'm better in redraft. I'm better on the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't like having my t- – I get better as the season goes on. I get smarter as the right. season goes I on. And I And I find like if I, when I lock in a guy in, in August and there's nothing I can do, I'm helpless and there's nothing I, nothing I hate more than feeling helpless in fantasy. Well, no, okay. <laughs> no doubt you're correct in everything you just said. So, like, what is best ball? For, for me, it's a way to keep my skills sharp in the offseason, and it's a way I can do a bunch of teams, but at the same time, when, when the real season for me starts, which is like, I'm like you, I, redraft, DFS, that kind of stuff, like, that's what really gets me going. The beauty of best ball is it doesn't suck any of my in-season time. So I like that. Um, and then the, 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 I think the key thing about best ball is to really – 
not let it affect your redraft. I think some people take their best ball mindset into their redrafts because they've been like best balling for like 14 weeks in a row and they just can't make that mental jump. Like that's an important thing. Like you'll see people taking like two and three quarterbacks in a redraft and be like, yeah, that guy plays too much best ball. <laughs> right. All right. So let me talk about a guy who I think is very controversial. I look at Todd Gurley and I want to ask you this question. Ugh. At what point would you take Gurley and would you then take Daryl Henderson three or four rounds later or would you not want to commit to that? I, I, I think if you're going to get involved in this Gurley-Henderson game, in, in my personal viewpoint is you probably want to just commit to one or the other and you just play, it, play the upside game. If it hits, it hits. If it doesn't, it's like taking two premium kind of picks, I, I'm not really into that idea because if I don't get upside out of either player, I kill myself. And I've invested a lot. So I, I probably, if I'm going to get into the girly game, I'm probably just going to go girly. Or if I fade girly, I might just go Henderson. I'm probably not going both just because, I mean, I've seen Henderson going in the fifth. I mean, I don't, right. I don't know what you've seen. I mean, no, so I've like, seen. I, I think he's sixth now, and by the time we get to Vegas and all the big money drafts, he's going to go in round five. So I have to commit two picks of the first five rounds to Todd Gurley. Yeah. No, I'd rather choose my weapon, <laughs> right. personally. I mean, because right. there's only one winner in a league, and using two, two of your first, I don't know, four, five, six, seven picks to lock down one backfield, I don't know if that's going to work. And additionally... You could really you could get burned. They both play okay, and you're you're stuck with a scenario where neither one of them is really an RB one. That would really stink. So, I my personal thing is I think if I'm going to get into this, I'm probably going to be in on Gurley, um, and I, you know I'm going to wait until the the iron's hot when it's draft time and make the best decision I can. I mean, for people doing best ball right now, you know I think. Gurley in the second round is fine. I mean, I, where are you at with this thing? I mean, I, I, I think for those of us who are in the timeline and who weren't Gurley, you know, owners, people who didn't get crushed by the whole thing, have a little bit more of a rational take on it. I mean, I saw a player who was dominating. He got hurt. Injury didn't require surgery. Couldn't get healthy enough to be himself again during the regular season and is now resting. Now, is there more to it than that? I know he's got a knee. I know that there's some tendonitis. There's reportedly some arthritis. It, but none of this stuff is like bad structural stuff. This is a guy who overcame an ACL already in his career. So I, I never forget you talked about Jay Ajayi, and you're like, he's bone on bone, dude. I remember you kept on saying well, bone on bone. Yeah. And, right, is and, girly and I, bone on bone? I don't know, but I always think of bone-on-bone, bone, and I'm like, I don't want any part of that, Pete, Pete no, uses no, that word. definitely don't want any part of bone-on-bone. Bone. You're right. And, but the thing is, with Ajayi, they told us that, right? They said he's got a degenerative condition that should get worse. So we knew what we were dealing with. With Gurley, we're talking about a guy who had an ACL, recovered from it, and now is having, I don't know, I mean, I would say relatively typical stuff of someone who's had a major knee thing. You know, is he the first guy who's going to suddenly have his whole career changed because of arthritis? And and here's the other thing: if it's arthritis, why why did all of this come about right at that point of the injury? You know what I'm saying? Well, I think a, a, a part of this for me was I thought he was going to get better. I was a sucker in the Super Bowl, thinking that the prop mm -hmm. bet with Gurley was going to be a great prop bet. But you know, okay. you don't draft a guy in round three. You don't draft a guy in round three if you're not going to play him. Because you, or for a contingency, 
right? Because you had John see, Kelly last year. You had Malcolm thing. Brown. You drafted this guy on top of all these guys. It must tell you something. Right. And what round did Kelly go in? Help me out. Was he undrafted? Was like five or six. No, I think he was five, five or six. Five or six, right. right. Okay. And people liked him, but obviously like he, wasn't good, he wasn't good. Right, he wasn't good enough. So you brought in Henderson because you had to be afraid of what was going on. Well, that's see, that's what I'm not sure about. Does uh, Henderson's a third round pick, correct? Going off the top of my head, yes, pretty sure round. that's right. Yeah. So, does a third? If it, let's just say they like Henderson, does, I mean, does that have to be a pick against Gurley, or could that just be? Yeah, you know, because Gurley's you know, got, yeah, no, no, got no, some here, stuff. Let's keep here's here's why because you don't just like you you don't want a guy who's in there and then you're like, well, it's taking playing time. You want your number one and a, and a number two, or do you really want a committee when you have Todd Gurley? Well, I mean, if Todd Gurley's playing like Todd Gurley, are we going to have a committee? Exactly. That's my point. Right. Right. Okay. But, 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 but I think what I'm saying is this. The drafting of this player doesn't mean they think Gurley's on the way out. It, I think it just means that they don't want to be in last year's scenario again. Correct. You don't want to be left holding the bag if Gurley's out, and they got lucky with C.J. Anderson. I believe it was luck, and this guy really yeah, has bit. some skill. Yeah. All right, let me give you, you another guy. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I was well, going to give you I, another guy. I, I was just going to say one good thing about Henderson from the perspective of the Rams, you take him in the third, is he can be mixed and matched with Gurley to give you a little fire and ice. Um, whereas, you know, C.J.A. was a little bit more one-speed with Gurley. They looked a lot more similar. So this gives him a little bit of a, a dynamic change of pace at the position. So, so, you know, there's something to that. I'd be more worried about how bad Jared Goff looked in the Super Bowl. That dude looked skittish. He looked so off his game. Think of Jared Goff with Cooper Cup, and think of Jared Goff, Goff without Cooper Cup. That guy was not yeah. a good quarterback. Well, if you take them, but they're against a good defense without that downhill aspect to their offense and missing a key, piece, a key piece in those trips they like to run. So, yeah, I mean, yes, when you take the structure and downhill ability away from that offense, you, you, you see what happens to the quarterback. All right, let me give you another guy, and I think this guy is really all over the place. He was going in round Ooh. eight, and now he's going around four to five. Tyreek Hill, how many weeks do you Ooh. think he misses? Man, so now, man, you bring me on your show and then you ask me to do a psychological profile of Roger Goodell. <laughs> <laughs> this is not fair. Good luck um, with that. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, look, I, to me, what Hill is, if we assume that most of the smoke is just smoke, right, it, meaning righteous smoke, then I think this, I, this guy should be getting at least a 10-game suspension. Wait, wait, so, wait. Hold on. Stop. Hold on. Hunt yeah. gets eight with video. Right. There was no video with Hill. How do you give him more? Well, he's, this is a guy who's, what, he's already admitted to, like, attacking his pregnant wife at one point or his pregnant girlfriend, and now we've got, a, like, a little kid with a broken arm. I mean, someone's got – that's – I don't know. I can't, I can't get over that. Can it, you, again, can in, you give a guy – This you, stuff is not legit – Pete, hold on a second. Can you yeah. give a guy more of a penalty than the DA would? Yeah, the NFL does it all the time. Zeke Elliott so didn't get anything, did he? You, how, give me a number. How many games does he get? I'm thinking it should be 10, but who knows? I mean, I, I, I'm thinking You think it he gets more than Kareem Hunt? Yeah, I do. Uh, for a couple reasons. One, it's a kid. I mean, we're talking about a kid, a defenseless kid. And I mean, and that I mean that that audio. You better be scared of me, blank. I mean, 
man, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I, the NFL. I mean, people think the Ray Rice video is bad, and it was it was all kinds of bad. But breaking a three year old's arm. No, and then that, that's bad. threatening I mean, the woman and having that caught on tape. I don't know. I, I understand that there's legally they can't pin down who did it because Hill and the woman are playing a shell game with responsibility. I don't think the NFL gets caught in that muck. I think the NFL can say, well, we don't care. I mean, the NFL goes like where there's smoke, there's fire, and they just suspend people. They don't, I mean, they didn't prove anything against Elliot. They just did it. But didn't – well – I, if you were drafting tonight, would yeah. you A, draft Hill, and B, where would you draft Hill? If it's a situation where I can handle the – well, look, i got to be honest. I don't want to look at that guy's name. I probably wouldn't do it on that. It, purely tactically, as long as I have roster spot space that I can protect, yeah, I would want – I would – take Hill at some place where I can keep him on my roster and then hopefully use him for a playoff push or to win playoff games. And by the way, the Chiefs may have that same kind of mindset. If they are indeed going to put this guy back on the field, I don't think they're going to struggle to go, you know, 7-2 and two without Tyreek Hill. I mean, I still right, think and then, and then you, you use him in the last six games and you try to make a run for the, for the Super Bowl. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, like, some people might, like, let's say it is 10. Maybe it's 6, maybe it's 8. Maybe you're right and it's less, but let's just say it's 10. I don't think he necessarily hits the ground running week 11. They could slow roll the whole thing. Like, it depends what their record is at the time, I guess is my point. All right, so let me pivot to the New York Jets. I heard, I, I think you like that team. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about those guys. Do you think? Oh. I, I, I despise Adam Gase, but I like me some Joe Douglas. Do we agree with that? Okay. Do you agree? Yeah, actually, I agree with. That? I mean, I, I just don't. I mean, Gase is sort of in the wind. I can't, I can't always tell what's Gase and what's, you know, the Dolphins were such a messed up organization. You know what I mean? So, I mean, on some level, I respect what Gase did because I think McCagnan was an oaf who was completely overmatched in his job. So, I actually give. Gase credit for saying, this guy's incompetent. We've got to need to get rid of this guy, and he, and, he, and he shivved him. I sort of respect that. The question is, does Gase have chops? You know what I'm saying? Um, so I'm sort of with you. I like the new GM. I'm excited that we got rid of the incompetent GM and that now we look like we have a new one. And, you know, if Gase stinks, hopefully they'll ax him too. Do you think the moves they made, Mosley and Bell, money well spent or money wasted? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's really tough. I don't know if the new defensive coordinator is it's, you know, there's another guy. It's hard to root for this guy, you know. Um, it's, it's so hard to tell, Mark, because I don't know what the, I mean, the offense coordinator, the defense coordinator. We bring scheme guys in, then we have a GM who drafts a bunch of players. I mean, who is in charge of the fit factor in all this stuff? You know what I'm saying? Like, we already know Bell was a guy that Gase maybe didn't want. I mean, only the Jets can go out and spend a king's ransom on a player that the coach doesn't want. Only the Jets can do this. But should the coach have said anything about that, or you just keep your mouth shut? Well, my, I, I think I, from everything I've heard, I think he sort of got outvoted. I think it was an—I mean, granted, I think it was an ownership thing, probably. I think they probably wanted Le'Veon Bell the same way they wanted to, you know, Darrell Revis a couple of years ago. You know, they're more interested in making a splash and selling some tickets than they are, you know, building a long-term football team. I mean, that's, that's Jet 101, really. All right. As you're doing your studying now, is there a guy who's popping off the page that you're like, I'm on this guy, but I don't think the rest of the world is? Well, two 
weeks ago, that was Curtis Samuel, but people seem to be sniffing me out on Curtis Samuel. Um, that's a good question. I should probably have a short list for these types of questions. Um, well, I mean, I'll stick with Curtis Samuel. He's a guy I'm really high on. I think people are sleeping on him. I'm actually working on a little article about the Carolina backfield because I think not enough people are considering this idea. When I look at the Carolina backfield, I'm like, something's missing. Like, this doesn't look right when I look at their depth chart. Like, there's, there's something missing behind McCaffrey. I sort of think it's Curtis Samuel. I think if there was a problem so in their think, backfield. So you think he gets three or four carries a game? No. What I think is last year's paradigm is the paradigm. But if McCaffrey were, God forbid, to be out for a month or two months or, God forbid, the year, I don't think they're going with that mishmash they've got behind McCaffrey. I think they would insert Curtis Samuel into that role, and I think they would replace Samuel on the outside. I think they'd, it would be like a Ty Montgomery scenario. Interesting. All right. Pete Davidson I really from Rhode that. Pete Davidson oh, from Rotobond.com. <laughs> we could do this all day, but yeah. we won't anymore. All yeah. right. Talk to you soon, my friend. <laughs> Take care, buddy. All right. Bye. That's Pete Davidson. Check out Rotobahn, R-O-T-O-B-A-H-N.com. Great stuff there, and nobody analyzes and breaks it down as well as Pete does. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. All right, guys, we're back. One more segment, Full-Time Fantasy. I'm Dr. Roto. You know when I'll be back? Right after this. Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to Fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at Fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to Fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to Fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to Fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's Fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. All right, it's Dr. Roto looking at a cool tweet here from Jim Day. 
the FF Champs Two Quarterback Expert League Contest. We want you to pick the winning expert and then tweet to Jim using the hashtag hashtag two QB contest and then their, our name. All the people that pick the correct expert to win will be put in a drawing for a free $99 draft and go league from playffwc.com for 2020. So it was Bob Harris, Matt Berry, Matt Harmon, Liz Loza, Sigmund Bloom, um, John Paulson, Mike Clay, myself, Ronis, Evan Silva, and Jeff Ratcliffe. I'm just going to throw this out for you people. I'm Dr. Rota. I'm probably going to do very well in this league. Just throwing it out there. Now, here's my only caveat. You know I don't like best ball leagues. I don't like them. But I might have done okay in this one. So I'll give you my team. Please hold. Please continue to hold. If I can find my team. All right, my quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Derek Carr. I can win with those guys in a baseball. Three guys, good offenses, going to throw the ball. I like it. My running backs, Christian McCaffrey Roto. I could stop right there, but I won't. Derek Henry. What if he was really good last year? He was really good last year. What if he keeps it up? Deion Lewis, in case he doesn't. Kalen Ballage. Jalen Samuels. Give me an injury to Connor, an injury to Kenyon Drake. Ba-boom, baby. I got Jordan Scarlett in case McCaffrey gets hurt. And then I got a couple of young guys. We won't, we won't talk about them. Here are the receivers. Antonio Brown. Tyreek Hill. What if Tyreek doesn't get suspended six games? What if it's two? Calvin Ridley. Mike Williams. Sterling Shepard. Traquan Smith. Devontae Parker. And David Moore. That's a nice receiving core. The tight ends. Kyle Rudolph. Darren Waller. Jeff Swaim. Adam Shaheen. And Blake Bell. I kind of like this team. Let's see what Ronis did here. Ronis has Trubisky, Ryan, and Josh Rosen. His running backs are Connor, Drake, Latavius Murray, Rashad Penny, Justice Hill, Justin Jackson, Benny Snell. Then he's got Keenan Allen, Randall Cobb, Quincy Nunwell, Michael Gallup, Nikhil Carey, Jalen Hurd, Tyler Lockett, DJ Moore, Muhammad Sanu, Paris Campbell, George Kittle, Ian Thomas, Noel Fant, Blake Jarwin. It's all right. Did a good job. He's out of Moronis. I mean, but there's some teams. Here's uh, Sam Darnold, Jared Goff, Dwayne Haskins. Let me see another one here. Drew Brees, Kirk Cousins, Will Greer. Teddy Bridgewater, Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz. What if Wentz gets hurt? Your team's got a big zippo. I don't know. Mike Clay. Let's let's look at Mike Clay. Mike Clay's a smart guy. Cam Newton, Dak Prescott, Case Keenum, RG3. Le'Veon Bell, Tevin Coleman, Leonard Fournette, Jalen Richard, Theo Riddick, Austin Eckler, Peyton Barber. Not bad. Not bad. 
Uh, whoosh. Michael Thomas, good. Cooper Cup, Marvin Jones, Julian Edelman, Jamison Crowder, A.J. Brown, Cole Beasley, D.J. Chark, Tyrell Williams. I love Cooper Cup and Marvin Jones and Edelman. I like that. Trey Burton, Jared Kirk, Mike Isicki, Jordan Thomas. It's okay. Not bad. What about Sigmund Bloom? Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes, Andy Dalton. Like that. Running backs, Gio Bernard, Mike Davis, Devonta Freeman, Josh Jacobs, Duke Johnson, Aaron Jones, Damian Harris. That's an interesting team there. Damian Harris could be good if Sony Michelle's out. Mike Davis could be good. Receivers. He doesn't even have a number one. Nelson Aguilar, Travis Benjamin, Chris Conley, Kiki Kutieli, Corey Davis, Taylor Gabriel, Marquise Goodwin, Chris Moore, Allen Robinson, John Ross, Taiwan Taylor. That's a problem. He's got Dallas Goddard, Travis Kelsey, and Jason Witten. I like me some Kelsey, but that receiving core, I don't think he's winning with that receiving core. Let me see. Jim Day's team. Andrew Luck, Matt Stafford, Jameis Winston. I like that. That's nice. Saquon, David Montgomery, Adrian Peterson, Tariq Cohen, C.J. Anderson, Boston Scott. Mike Evans, Robert Woods, Cortland Sutton, Rashad Perriman, Dante Moncrief, Zay Jones, Deshaun Jackson, Antonio Calloway. Nice. Then he's got Jack Doyle, Chris Herndon, T.J. Hawkinson, Josh Oliver, Khalil Warren. Not a bad team. So there's a lot of guys out there. Let me see one more guy. Let's see our friend Matt Berry. What did Matt Berry do? I don't see his team listed. How's that possible? One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, here it is. Josh Allen, Ben Roethlisberger, Deshaun Watson. I like that. That's good. Alvin Kamara, Jordan Howard, Jarek McKinnon, Ty Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Jamal Williams. Yikes. That's Alvin Kamara and a bunch of palookas. Kenny Galladay, Julio Jones. Oh, I like that. Emmanuel Sanders, D.D. Westbrook, Debo Samuel, Marquise Lee, Jake Kumaro, Adam Humphreys, Hakeem Butler. I like the receivers there. Evan Ingram, Vance McDonald, Jordan Reed, C.G. Uzma, and Vernon Davis. I like me some McDonald and Ingram. Not a bad team. I think Matt Perry could be competitive with that. Not bad. Here's the problem. And I said it to Pete last segment. I like to diagnose as a doctor. I like to diagnose my team's issues, figure it out, and make changes. My problem in best ball is that I can't do that. And I think it takes away what I'm good at, which is figuring out midseason what to fix and how to fix it and who to fix it with. And I think that separates the great people out there. Now, I know why people like best ball, and I'll play a couple of best balls. I was very happy I did this best ball league. I really was because I had to go 24 rounds. It made me know the player pool. Not that I wouldn't have known it anyway, but it made me really know the player pool. When I'm drafting Adam Shaheen in round 23, I know the player pool. So that's a reason to do it. So if you're going to play best ball, I encourage it. I find that during the season, I don't pay attention to best ball leagues. I really don't. If you ask me on week eight, Dr. Roto, who's winning the FF Champs League? You know what I'm going to say to you? I don't know. Because there's no money involved. I only pay attention when there's money involved. 
I'll pay attention in other leagues if it's redraft leagues and I have moves to make. But best ball leagues, I will never look at this again. Maybe I'll look at it somewhere around week 10. I'm like, oh, I'm 7-3. and three. Great. Thanks. Bye. And I won't pay attention again. I, I need the incentive plan. I need a reason to wake up in the morning. I got to get the little Roto shoes. Little Roto's got a 10 and a half, and it's still growing. I got to pay for that. I don't do that in best ball. I do that at the Fantasy Football World Championships. If you haven't been to Las Vegas, first of all, if you've never been to Las Vegas, you got to come. It's a great experience. Even if you don't like to gamble, you can find stuff to do in Vegas without gambling. So that's the first thing. It really is. Secondly, if you love fantasy football, you got to come. Because you're going to be around 500 other people who love fantasy football as much as you do. And we're all drafting. We're literally there for three to four days just drafting. Over and over and over. Trying to come up with the right team. The perfect permutation to win. Nothing more exciting. There's nothing more exciting than that. You're there with friends. Drafting, doing your thing, it's great. Food is great. Shows are great. People are great. It's just, a, it's just a, a very fun, special experience. And I have to say, I really like where we have it at the Palms Hotel. I didn't think I would like it as much because the Palms is a little bit off the strip. So you can't really walk anywhere from the Palms. Well, you can, but it's kind of a long walk. But the Palms itself has bent over backwards for our organization. The Fantasy Football World Championship. They have this suite and that suite and real world suite and the hardwood suite and food and views and, 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 and everything. They've just bent over backwards to make it a home. And now the Palms is like out of control. Fertillas own it now. And they are just putting money into that place. Bobby Flay has a restaurant in the Palms. Mark Vetri has a restaurant in the Palms. Chris Santos has a restaurant in the Palms. These guys don't play. They're not putting a restaurant in places that don't make money. You think Bobby Flay is going to go to a place that doesn't make money? Bobby Flay is going to go to a place that pays him. He is. So if you haven't been... Just check it out. Check it out. It's really, really worth it. Great experience. Right? Just a great experience. So, when we're there, you get all sorts of drafts. So let me explain once again. I know I've done this before. I'll do this again. If you go to playffwc.com, okay, and then you scroll down, you're going to see the drafts. So, for example, there's a draft and go best ball tonight, five seats left at 9 p.m. $99 to get in the league. There's an online championship. We're going to start it when it's full, right? And then we, we have dates in there, and then you can see who's in the league and who's not, who's been doing this before and who's not. And you go, there's a new startup draft, red versus blue, online championship, 
you know, and then the world championship drafts come in, right? And it's just exciting, right? Who's doing these drafts? What's going on? So be part of what we're doing. It's really, really a good time. All right? So let's take a look, another look at some news and notes in football and baseball. So Luis Severino hoping to throw from a mound probably next week. All right, we need him. Yankee fans need him. Yankee fans need him desperately. Giancarlo Stanton batting fifth, coming back to the Yankees tonight. Oh, man, that Yankee lineup getting more dangerous as we speak. As we speak. Here's the Yankee lineup tonight. Lemeheu, Luke Voigt, Aaron Hicks, Gary Sanchez, Giancarlo Stanton, Edward Encarnacion, Didi Gregorius, Gliber Torres, and Cameron Maben. Oh, by the way, I think that Maben guy is going to be out and Judge is going to be back soon. Could you imagine that lineup with Judge? Gliber Torres is going to bat ninth. That's insanity. Speaking of insanity, Travis Darno is batting leadoff. That's why the Rays are great. The Rays just will do whatever. Travis Darno is batting leadoff against J.A. Happ. Tommy Pham second. Brandon Lowe low third. Avisel Garcia, Willie Adamas, Kiermaier, Heredia, Zunino, and Joey Wendell. Some other guys out there. Pittsburgh Pirates lineup is out. Kevin Newman. Brian Reynolds, Marte, Josh Bell, Melky, Elias Diaz, Jung Ho Gong, Adam Frazier. Detroit's lineup is out. Goodrum, Castellanos, Cabrera, Stewart, Dixon, Castro, Hicks, Jacoby Jones. I like these lineups. The Mets lineup is out. McNeil, Alonzo, Cano, Conforto, Frazier, Rosario, Gomez, Thomas, Nito. The Cubbies lineup is out. Schwarber, Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Hayward, Caratini, Gonzalez, Hamels, Descalso. I'm very interested in the top six in that lineup. But you know what I don't do as much anymore? I don't check BVPs as much anymore. Let me see if I can find you guys some BVPs plays for tonight. All right. One moment, please. Jean Segura against Patrick Corbin. Seven for 11. Yeah, I like that. Let's see if another one pops out to me. Mike Trout against Marcus Stroman. Eight for 16. Yeah, I want to play Trout. I heard he's good. Um, nobody in this game. Oh, you, Carlos Gonzalez, six for 12. Anthony Rizzo, seven for 15. Jason Hayward, eight for 22. Gonzalez, Rizzo, and Hayward. Gonzalez is batting seventh. Rizzo is batting third. Hayward's batting fifth. That's what you call a stack, my friends. That's what you call a stack. Um, let's see. Eddie Rosario, five for nine against David Price. CJ Cron, eight for 24. Not terrible. What else we got going on here? Nikki Ahmed. Nikki Ahmed, six for 13 against Zenzatella. Eduardo Escobar, four for nine with a home run. But I like Nicky at med there. Nobody's going to play that guy. But he just rakes. He literally just rakes. 
it's cheap. Um, that's the ooh. Buster Posey seeing Clayton Kershaw has had 108 bats against him. That's a whole lot of at bats. Um, nothing else. Those are the best ones. So I, I give you those as a starting point. All right. So when you're setting your lineups tonight, take a look at those lineups. Um, I like that. The Rosaria one I mentioned. And of course, against Nova, those are the big ones. So pay close attention. Which was the other one? Oh, the Trout one was a big one, right? Mike Trout, 8 for 16. That was a really big one. All right? So, and there you have it. All right. Time now to put away the insurance cards, put away the copay. The office is closed, my friends. I want to thank Steve Gardner for coming on. Always appreciate Steve's time. He's sensational at what he does. And if you want to follow him, you know where you do it? You go to Steve A. Gardner at Twitter, Okay. And then if you want to follow Pete Davidson, you go to at Rotoban, R-O-T-O-B-A-H-N. All right? And if you want to follow me, you go to Dr. Roto at D-R-R-O-T-O on Twitter. And you go to Full Time Fantasy. Sign up with us. You won't be disappointed. I promise you that. You got me, you got Ronis, you got Sean Child hooking you up to try to take you to a fantasy championship. All right, guys. Wishing you a great day. Be well. Take care.